0: Yes, What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and today we are doing another live q and I apologize that we are a little bit behind. The app that I use to record or to broadcast this live Q&A decided that it was going to update like a second before I had to hit record, and then it took 10 minutes to download. So get everything organized. Got questions lined up. As always, if you are watching on the live feed and you have a question, Pop it in the comments below or in the chat, and I will answer that one today. Post if you're watching in the future, or so I guess you're watching this on a replay, ask your question in the comments and we will answer it on next month's or potentially in two weeks. I'm not sure because we might change this QA because uh, this one's been a little bit delayed and we might be short on time. Other updates if you're new, hit subscribe. As always, of course, hit that thumbs up button button really does help out and uh, check out any of the links in all descriptions and stuff below we've got uh, all the links in the description below we've got team rugby muscle we've got coaching we've got programs we've got everything that you could want to try to improve your rugby as far as the uh, the team stuff goes also we've now got a skills template coming out because we'll be delivering it all through an app so I'm quite looking forward to that so really excited to get going. I will take another sip of this green whatever this is going on here it's a, it's a green mix. I'll take a sip of that and then we'll just get going. All right so the first question we've got today comes from a B dunks who says how to manage load conditioning, strength training. When coaches aren't well versed in the world of strength and conditioning, too high intensity too often. That's a bummer that your coaches aren't well versed in strength and conditioning, but that's also kind of normal. It's a very, very, very good question because this is what probably a lot of you watching this will be will be subject to. So I think there's a few different answers, and there's a few different ways you can go about it. First and foremost, I would suggest suggesting a change to your coach, like People way too often are afraid to make suggestions to coaches. They're afraid to to question their coaches. They're afraid to, you know, get any sort of dialogue going. But I think that's actually like that should always be your first port of call. If, you know, the coach rejects it and is a bit of a dick, that then we we go to other options. But absolutely first and foremost, you know, if you communicate well and suggest what's going wrong most coaches if not all coaches will be very receptive to that. So if you just say, you know, I'm trying to improve outside of practice and we've just got too much going on and I think we're st- we're pushing ourselves and we run ourselves into the ground, maybe he justifies it and you you probably won't and you can you know, you can gather as much data as you can. I, I, you know, if you were to make an argument to any person, you would you would want to make the best argument you can so that they are on the same page as you. So therefore that's exactly what you've got to do with your coach. You've got to make sure that they're on the, they're on the, you're on the same page, you know. So if they're not on the same page, then we have to make adjustments. And that that would be my second suggestion is, if you go to the coach and you say, "Hey, this is what I think we should do," or "I think we're just pushing ourselves too hard," or "I'm feeling overly fatigued," and it's just, rough and I, I can see it in a lot of the other players, or it's just maybe it's just you personally, like I can't feel myself improving because I'm pushing myself too hard, then and and they're not receptive to that, then you're looking at potentially changing clubs and that's sounds kind of extreme, but I think that is, that is what you got to do, changing clubs or changing teams, because you got to remember that you're playing rugby. Yes. Obviously rugby is a great team game and everything, but you're playing rugby when you really boil it down for yourself and your own improvements. So if you do so, like, if you're, if you're stuck with a coach that is just holding you back, that's holding you back. That's that's limiting your development. That's limiting the amount of success that you can have with the game. So like and enjoyment, right? Which at the end of the day is why we all play rugby. So potentially looking at changing clubs, changing teams. Unfortunately, that is an option that is available to a lot of people. And it's a, an option that a lot of people are resistant to because they've got mates, but like rugby's an awesome sport no matter where you play it like as long as you don't find a terrible club you're going to be fine and yeah that's that's genuinely a suggestion that I would make and then finally if you like if maybe you change clubs and (laughs) the next coach is the same or you um you know you just want to stay at your club and changing clubs isn't viable then you just have to look at you know you kind of have to flip your your rugby training or your the way you program your training on its head, you can't look at it. This is the same way I deal with in-season programming, right? You can't look at it in terms of what are my outcomes that I absolutely need to to come from. So, do I need to get strength? Do I need to get uh, grow muscle? Do I need to get faster, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. You have to look at first. You have to look at right. How much volume am I able to put in? So, um, if you've got so much fatigue that you can only put a little bit of volume towards whatever, like to, to, oh. towards progressing your training towards progressing your strength or your speed or whatever it is then that's that's all you've got maybe there's a point where you just have to look at just maintaining most things and you look at what can you do with a lower intensity so it's all about managing fatigue so look at what things that you can do at lower intensity so that they don't you know fatigue you outside of your training so that you can recover from your, your rugby training look at lower volume work Again, so if you're doing things like sprints that you can't do at low intensities, high strength work, which you can't do at low intensities, power work, which you can't do at low intensities, then look at real low volume. You know, as little as one to two sets on things that you want to really get try to improve, that can work for strength work. With for power work, you're looking at three to four sets for different movements. And you, again, you can keep that volume really low. Um, And you'll be able to fatigue with, I mean, you'll be able to progress without all of that fatigue that usually comes along with, you know, real high intensity strength and power work. The other thing I would absolutely advise you do is condense your stresses. So if you can, right, try to do your high intensity stuff and your high fatigue stuff on the days that you have rugby, on the days that your coach is in charge of you and he's already going to fatigue you into the ground. That way, you've got the days away from those sessions that you can recover from and actually utilize your recovery to the fullest. Whereas if you were today, say you had, it's just your traditional Tuesday, Thursday training, rugby training days, if if you're already like semi-fatigued going into your, your cr- like by doing a high intensity session on the Monday, maybe you're doing sprints, maybe you're doing a uh, heavy strength work on the Monday and then you go to the Tuesday and it's a, it's a brutal session by Wednesday, you are, you are dead to the ground. Like you are rough. Right. And then you've got, um, another high intensity session or a high fatiguing session on the Wednesday. It just makes things so much more difficult to be able to progress, and in fact, it makes it kind of impossible to progress because you're just so fatigued that you, you'll burn out before you know the end of a three, of three weeks. So look to condense those stresses. Rather, you want to put those high intensity sessions, those, those sh- that heavy strength work, the speed work on the days before your rugby ideally, it's not going to like your in the day recovery is never going to be that bad. So you can do it either in the morning or literally just a couple hours or at lunchtime a couple, or a couple hours or a couple hours or like literally within the hour before you go to training, right? So say if you've got training at seven o'clock, you can go smash the gym 5.30 till 6.30, drive to however far for it is to go to your training session, do that. That's a great way to do it. It, it, it can, it, like that's rough that, that in those moments, but outside of that, you get a lot of recovery after that. I hope that makes sense. Toby says, why is that why is that you're not popular in the Rugby S and C platform? Explain that question, mate, and I'll be able to answer it better. If you mean why are we don't? Why are we still? How many subscribers? We're, we're still under five thousand subscribers. It's because this isn't. I don't put clickbaity stuff up there for a reason. Because I don't want to work with people that are only after clickbaity stuff. I'm absolutely a fan of giving you the information that you need, and the information that you need is never really the sexy stuff. It's always like just basics, hammering home unglamorous work. There is lots of like, there is fun to be had, but it's not the same stuff that you'll get scrolling through instagram seeing a guy doing uh muscle ups with a bench chained to him if we've if you've seen that viral post that's happened recently or the guy that was he he was doing a a spin bike whilst also hanging it was really weird but that's that's the sort of stuff that gets popular we are building a good following here at rubbing muscle we're we're building something special and i want to keep that and i want to keep it on the foundation that we've built as as far as like real practical not necessarily glamorous information goes, so that's that's why. If that's the question that you're asking, how to develop lower body <coughs> explosive power? Well, that's a good question. Let me see who who asked that question actually because I wrote it down, but I didn't see. Uh, this is comes from Connor Irvine. This is how to develop explosive lower body power so it depends what you want that power for and I'll explain what I mean in a second but first and foremost as far as power goes for a lot of athletes you need to get stronger because power is strength times speed and a lot of the time if you just up that strength you'll up the, the overall power right you can keep the speed the same and you'll up um, and you'll be able to be more powerful because you're stronger a lot of the time like if you've got if you're stronger if you're able to apply more force you're going to be more powerful particularly in 90% of rugby contexts now there are a few contexts where that doesn't quite occur and we'll discuss those in a second but like overall your your primary your primary goal should be getting as strong as needed maybe i'll do a video later about what getting as strong as you need like what those strength standard should be. In fact, I will do it. I'm going to note that down now. strength standards video. So I'll, I'll upload a video. Comment down below if that's something you'd be interested in about how strong is strong enough, particularly if we're looking at power. It's it's nothing it's nothing amazing, but it is a decent level that you need to develop. So absolutely getting strong is is number one for developing explosive lower body power. Then you've got to understand that what what is it that you want this power for, right? So <clears throat> If you want to be powerful because you want to be faster as far as sprinting, speed is a specific skill. So is acceleration, as is agility, as is, you know, if you're looking to become a powerful tackler or a powerful in the rucks or in the scrums. Those are also all different skill sets that require different sort of abilities on the power spectrum. But before I talk about the power spectrum, you understand that they're all different skills. So the best way to then get faster is yes develop some strength but practice the skill of sprinting if you want to be more agile practice agility like an agility isn't necessarily doing pre dances through cones it would be reacting to what the opponent is giving you so you, know, you could have the most agile man but, um in the world but if he's not played rugby too much he might not be able to get through gaps because he's not really sure how to react to those gaps how to st- how to fool the opponent into thinking that he's going one way and then go the other like these are all real specific skills and they need to be treated as such and they need to be treated with the respect that they deserve and given the time to develop at those specific skills now um as far as like overall lower body power to improve your rugby you want to range across the spectrum so you want to be able to we've spoken about getting stronger so like that one rep max or the three rep max strength that's important for your power, but you also want to go unweighted or you could even go like less than unweighted where you could do supported jumps because that will help you develop. Your- and then there's lots of space in the middle there that you can play around with right so you can use heavy olympic lifts which are a little bit more towards the strength end of that power spectrum then you can do just jumps which are a lot towards a lighter spectrum but they're going to have a lot more relevance to your change of direction and your sprinting and then you want something in the middle where you've got like slightly weighted jumps medicine ball throws those sorts of things Where they're in the middle, so you're developing not really heavy weight, but some weight and a lot of a lot of speed. You know, and then depending on where you want to lie or where you want to improve within that spectrum, like be specific with that stuff. I would actually start at both ends, but even on the unweighted side, we would work more movement mechanics than we would like out and out speed, so that you're moving well without weight. Then you're also getting strong, and then as you go on through your program, you can. like add weight to or add weight yeah i guess you would add weight you would add resistance and you would add difficulty to that unweighted stuff and then you would slowly introduce more stuff in the middle more power work more medicine ball throws more jumps once you are able to move better and and have enough strength that you can withstand that power stuff but you can't just go straight into power stuff if you don't have a good strength base developed and if you don't have a good movement base developed Hopefully that makes sense. There are lots of different ways that you can do it. So, we've named jumps, hops, bounds, Olympic lifts, as we said, medicine ball throws, reactive sprints. And then, obviously, there's all of your barbell and dumbbell lifts and your standard lifts for strength training to increase your strength. What's we'll up to everyone who's on the live stream? Please give that thumbs up. It does help this stream get out to more people. Therefore, we ask more interesting questions than. Why is that you're not popular in the rugby S&C platform? Because I still don't understand what that means. Sorry, Toby, to call you out. Okay. I think this might even be one of our last questions. So I'll stick around on this for a minute after this question, if we don't have any more in the live chat. So Alan asks, how long to train after COVID? Now, maybe I've already balls myself up by by saying the C word, and and this is going to downrank this video, but I think it... Is absolutely dependent on how you feel in this. And we can use this as sort of a gauge to. We're not talking about like specifics of. Brilliant. We're not talking about specifics of like how. Dog! We're gonna wait one second here. So let's answer this as far as like if you're feeling sick and how you would train about, or how would you how long would you wait to go about doing that Um, ideally go outside dog ideally you would you know wait until you're 100% and you'd be 100% in a couple days like when you're sick your primary like bodily resources is going to be geared towards making you better right it's not about how well you can train when you're sick it's about how quickly you can not be sick so that you can train and be better if you know There's a potential where if you go back from, if you're already sick and you go and train, like you can make yourself worse, which then obviously makes you less able to train and therefore hold you back. So there's definitely a a, a line there where you want to make sure that you are healthy way before you go back training. Now, that's as far as, like, properly, properly training. Now, being active, not just being a slob, is a different thing. Go out and walk as much as you can. If you can do some, some sort of light aerobic exercise without feeling the effects, and obviously when we're talking about the big C, that might be impacting your lungs, so be careful with that, but you can absolutely, um, like be in a position where you can do some stuff just to keep the body's processes ticking over. I'm not talking about doing like bunches of push-ups or panicking or doing anything. You can take time off, like you can take two weeks and you're not going to lose most of your train effects. If anything, you might be able to recuperate so much so that when you come back, you're feeling better and you're actually somewhat stronger because you've able to been able to dissipate all of that fatigue that's in and around the muscles that will like be holding you back and making you slightly weaker. There's definitely a theory to that. I think I, I, I've heard an old strength adage where they used to say, if you if you think that you need to take three days off, go ahead and take two weeks off. So, you know, you would use your sickness as a time just to take a couple weeks off, maybe catch up on some other things that get pushed, you know, other things in your life that get pushed to the back when you've got to make, you know, sacrifices because you need to get in the gym and get your training. But overall, it's, 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 it, there is no like, one day you're feeling like this next day you're feeling like this and then you go to the gym just do what you can like but don't beat yourself up and don't try and rush going back to the gym usually after two weeks you're going to be fine if you're not that's still going to be fine just gauge it as you can and a lot of times i've i've found that when you're feeling like you might be getting sick or when you're just recovering a good idea is to go back with a light session and just start by having a real good comprehensive warm-up if you feel better after that comprehensive warm up, and you feel like you can do the session, go ahead and do that session. If you f- still feel like trash and you're like, "There's no way I can do anything here," I'm still feeling rough, or I'm feeling worse because I've used so much energy that I don't have to give towards training. That I need all of my energy towards, you know, fighting this sickness. Go home, and don't even do the session. Just do the warm up and go home. But that way, you know, you're you're sort of covered across all aspects of trying to get better last question here we go toby he's got a different question now he says would you say isometric strength is more important than absolute maximum strength for a front row forward or do all these qualities work together yeah absolutely all these qualities do work together there is something to be said for isometric strength but what you've got to remember is in the front row there is a lot of isometric action going on but it's not the same as like holding a bottom of a pause squat or even the same as pushing a barbell against like a fixed object where you're just pushing as hard as you can, because the resistance in a scrum is constantly changing. So uh, yes, you would like I would like some isometric strength work in there, particularly um, in pre-season to get you ready. Then, like it, it's not. I would say as far as my experience goes, it's not overly necessary after that. Like preseason's always a good time to get some isometric just to get your resistance and just get you accustomed to doing that. Yeah, you know, to doing that isometric sort of contraction for up to you know 10 seconds in a scrum because you would have gone through a period in your off-season where you haven't done much. But other than that, you're gonna get those boxes ticked from your week-to-week scrummaging training and games. So I don't necessarily think you need to add more isometric work in there to to increase your ability to scrum. The other thing with isometric work is that it's really bloody fatiguing. If you just do all out isometrics for, you know, a few sets of uh, a few seconds, that can properly grind you into the ground whereas if you sled pushes are really good because they're concentric only, let alone eccentric. So concentric is going to be the least fatiguing of the different muscular contractions. So lifting the weight or pushing the weight, that is the least fatiguing. Then you've got isometric, which is a lot more fatiguing for a lot less output. And then you've got eccentric. So the lowering of uh, a weight or the controlling under tension. That can be absolutely fatigued so if you can eliminate that in season just do pushing that would absolutely work really well there are times for isometric stuff but you know if you improve your absolute maximal strength as far as like you know you improve your squat from uh 140 kilos to 160 or 70 kilos your your isometric strength is absolutely going to improve your isometric potential is going to absolutely improve and it's also just about then adapting it to how you would be able to perform in a scrum cool oh i almost banned you there instead of saying thank you for the uh thank you for that question cool that will wrap us up within 25 minutes for today's live q and a if you want to do another if you if you request another q and a we might do one in 2 weeks where i have a little bit more time more questions the better i enjoyed these ones today thank you so much for watching if you've made it all the way to the end and you haven't given this video a thumbs up please do so if you have any questions about your own training your own nutrition your own rugby ability your skills whatever it is throw them in the comments below and i will answer them in a future q and a if they're really interesting i will add them to a or i'll answer a i'll answer the question in its own again check out the links in the description for all of the things that you can access through rugby muscle whether that's team rugby muscle whether it's one on one coaching whether it's programs big things are coming i have said that before but i'm really excited about what the direction that we're going in here with Rubby muscle because we're looking not just at like we're looking at a strength and conditioning from a bigger scope and and rugby performance overall from a bigger scope so we're going to l- look at skill work we're going to look at tactical work and it's all going to be housed in this cool place so i'm really looking forward to seeing how that all comes so if you want to follow us on the journey hit sub, sub- hit subscribe um get me some lip balm because my lips are really dry. That's help. It's making it more difficult for me to talk. So without further ado, we'll call that there. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll see you in the next one. All right. Hey there, it's TJ once again. Thank you for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm just here one more time. I know you thought you were rid of me, but uh, I've got something pretty cool that I want to send your way. I've tried to condense all the most important things that you need to make progress, the training, the mindset, the nutrition. Everything you hear in these podcasts and more presented in a free two-week program called Rugby Muscle Kickoff. Through Kickoff, you'll have access to two weeks of emails delivered directly to your inbox, two weeks of videos, education, and interaction, and access to tools, strategies, tactics previously reserved only for paying clients. To join, simply click the the link in the description of this podcast, the one that says Kickoff, or if you want to go old school and type it out, then crack on, access it at rugby-muscle.com forward slash kickoff, all one word. Cheers for listening to the podcast. See you guys next time.